الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ولي الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وصفيه وخليله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد in the name of Allah the most merciful the one who bestows mercy Indeed, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And may peace and blessings be upon our beloved Prophet <coughs> Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, upon his family, companions, and all those who follow the guidance of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam until Yawm al-Qiyamah. Respected brothers and sisters, as has been advertised, by the permission of Allah, we will be beginning a series of lessons in learning about the life of Ashraful Anbiya'i wal Mursaleen, the most noble and the most honored amongst the prophets and the messengers. Sayyidu Waladi Adam, the chief and the master of the offspring of Adam. Nabiyuna, our prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah al Hashimi al Qurashi, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. <coughs> However, before we begin studying the seerah from next Friday onwards, we're going to use this lesson today as an introduction to seerah generally. And so when we say seerah, what is the meaning of seerah, for example? And why is it important to study the seerah? And what are the different stages or the roles that the Prophet ﷺ lived through? And what are the benefits of studying the seerah? And before we begin, the book that we will be going through next week onwards is a book which was written in Arabic <coughs> called Mukhtasar Seerat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ashabihi al-ashara a concise biography of the Prophet and his ten companions. And this book was authored by Al-Imam Al-Hafidh Abdul Ghani Al-Maqdisi Rahimahullah. And this book is a brief, concise book and it has been translated into English. And it is available by Dar salam Now, anybody who would like to uh, buy a copy, uh, if there's a list here, if you could put down your name, uh, your location and your phone number and then the masjid will order the book for you and then you can pay the masjid uh, next week inshallah if it comes in time and I can't remember the exact price of the book but it's not much you know it's, it's relatively cheap but this is the book that we will be going through next week onwards uh, and second matter that there's a difference between mo'idha and dars a mo'idha is a general reminder or a general lecture and the main purpose is just to increase our iman and that is called a mo'idha an admonishment or lecture or a reminder durus are lessons and they are more technical and in durus we study principles and ahkam rulings and durus they require writing down so from the etiquettes of sitting in a dars is that you either have with you the book or at least a notebook and you take 
notes and you capture and record the benefits which you have studied. So it is hoped, inshallah, from next week onwards that we try to implement uh, these adab of studying in a gathering of knowledge. Now, with regards to seerah, what's the meaning of seerah? The word seerah, it's an Arabic word which comes from the verb sara yasiru seiran. Sara yasiru meaning somebody traversed, somebody followed a path. And this is seiran, like a person is on a journey. And so when we talk about sira, we are talking a record of the path or the journey that a person experienced from his beginning to his death. And this is the link between the verb sara yasiru seiran and what we know as sira. And of course, when we're talking about the study of sira, it is ilmun yu'rafu bihi ahwalul mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is that branch of Islamic knowledge through which we learn about the stages of the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam tafsilan in detail. Mundul wilada ilal wafa from his birth to his death, Salawatullahi Wasallamu So when we talk about we are studying seerah, meaning we are going to study the details of the life of the Prophet Sallallahu from his birth to his death Salawatullahi Wasallamuhu And in modern Arabic, they say Siratun Dhatiya, which is like a CV or a biography. <clears throat> and in history, there is nobody whose life has been recorded in detail like the life of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There is nobody in the history of mankind whose physical descriptions, whose attributes, whose miracles and signs, whose personal life, social life, sayings, actions, decisions, the khitabat, the sermons and the letters which he wrote. There's nobody throughout history whose life has been recorded in detail like the life of our, of our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And of course, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he experienced and he lived various roles. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was born and he lived as a child and an infant. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was a husband and he was a father and he was a son-in-law. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he was a father and he was also an orphan. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he lived through wealth and prosperity and he also lived and tasted poverty. And he was Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a commander and he was also a soldier and he was also a ruler and the head of the state. And the Prophet وسلم, he went through moments of happiness and when children were born and he went through moments of sadness and grief 
when his relatives and his friends died. The Prophet وسلم, he lived times of isolation and he lived other times when he was completely immersed in society. And the Prophet وسلم, he lived in strength and weakness and health and illness. And the Prophet وسلم, lived like we are living. He lived also under a state of kufr, meaning a government of kufr, meaning when he was in Mecca, the ruling authority, they were non-Muslims, they were mushrikun. And so the Prophet وسلم, he lived in that society. And he also, of course, lived in a society of Al-Islam, where the authority and the governance was for Islam. And the Prophet ﷺ, there are accounts of how he was like inside his house and outside his house. And the Prophet ﷺ was a migrant. He migrated and he was exiled. And the Prophet ﷺ, even the last moments of his death have all been recorded. So the point behind all of this is that whatever state or situation a person finds himself in, then you know that the Prophet ﷺ, he also faced that same situation. He also lived that experience. So whether you are living in a non-Muslim country or a Muslim country, the Prophet ﷺ lived both. And whether you're a father or you're single, the Prophet ﷺ lived both. And if you're an orphan, the Prophet ﷺ grew up as an orphan. And if you're facing social isolation, the Prophet ﷺ faced social isolation. And if you're poor or rich, there were times when the Prophet ﷺ was poor and there was times when the Prophet ﷺ was rich. So, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةً حَسَنًا Verily, there is for you in the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a great role model because every situation and every experience that you are facing and feeling and experiencing the, there is a role model in the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and you know how to react because you learn how the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam reacted in those situations and of course when it comes to the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam there are two main phases. قبل البعثة وبعد البعثة. Before revelation and after revelation. <clears throat> and the majority of the life of the Prophet ﷺ was before revelation, meaning before he was a prophet. Because he received revelation and he was 40 years old. And the lesser part of the life of the Prophet ﷺ was as a prophet and a messenger, 23 years. And then after he became a prophet, there are also two further stages. قبل الهجرة وبعد الهجرة. His life in Mecca as a prophet before migration and his life in Medina <coughs> after migration. And from these various stages of the Prophet's life ma ba'd al-bi'tha his life after revelation is most important to us because of course the ahkam of our religion they start 
after the Prophet ﷺ received revelation. And therefore, his life before revelation, it's not been accounted in as much detail as his life after revelation. And we don't study it in as much detail and give it as much importance as his life after revelation or after prophethood. So yes, we study some aspects of the life of the Prophet ﷺ before he became a prophet. Why? Because it teaches us his nobility and his greatness that even before prophethood, he was still Sadiq Amin. He was still truthful and he had, he had good morals and good ethics. But in terms of how and when do we drive our religion, then this is after Bi'tha. And why is it important to study the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ? So, Ilmu Seerah, this is one of the branches of Islamic science, like Tafsir, like Fiqh, like Aqeedah, like Fara'id, like Mustalah Hadith. All of these are branches of Islamic science. And so, Seerah is one of those branches. And it is one of the most important branches because the subject matter of this science is Ashraful Anbiya wal Mursaleen, the most noble of prophets and messengers. And always uh, a branch of science, its greatness is dependent on the subject matter. So, for example, we all know that medicine is highly valued. Why is this science, medicine, so highly valued? Because a subject matter, which is illnesses and cures and the human physiology and medicine, it's so important. And like this, the seerah. Because the subject matter is the greatest person to ever walk upon the face of the earth, then the branch of seerah or this knowledge, it is from the greatest types of knowledge. And no doubt... A person is affected and influenced by what he reads. A person is influenced by his environment and his society. And your environment and your society, your surroundings, they are made up of what you read, what you see and what you eat. And this influences your character and your outlook in life. And so reading the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ and the prophets who came before and reading the stories and the accounts of the righteous people and the imams of the Salaf, this has a great influence on a person's life. And the younger a person is exposed to the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ and the stories of the companions and the Salaf, the greater the influence in shaping the outlook of that child. And this is why Allah subhanahu in the Quran, He mentions many, many stories. And He mentions the stories of the prophets and the messengers. Because when you read a story from the prophets and the messengers, it influences you and it affects you. And Allah subhanahu said, that verily in the stories of the prophets and the messengers, there is ibrah. There are signs and lessons for the people of intelligence. <coughs> and Allah subhanahu said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa 
And this is how we reveal to you the stories of the messengers. To make your heart firm. So think about this ayah. Allah subhanahu is telling the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that we have revealed to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, stories of the prophets and the messengers who came before in order to make your heart firm as well. So even the stories of the prophets and the messengers before Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they were revealed to influence the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So whenever he would go through times of difficulty and struggle and sacrifice, Allah would reveal stories of the previous prophets and messengers and the struggles which they went. So we can make your heart firm and tranquil, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the companions and the children of the companions and the tabi'een they used to teach their children stories and accounts and the stories of the battles and the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ like a surah from the Qur'an. Meaning they used to teach and repeat and revise and reinforce like you do with a surah from the Qur'an. Ali ibn al-Husayn ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib. So the grandson of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu an. He said, Kunna nu'allamu maghazi Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kama nu'allamu suratun min al-Quran. That we were taught the battles and the missions and the expeditions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam like we used to be taught a surah from the Quran. And Muhammad ibn Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas radiyallahu an and Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas is a great companion, so his son Muhammad. He said, Kana Abi Yu'allimuna Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa saraya. That my father he used to teach me the expeditions and the battles and the accounts of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Thumma yaqul, and then he used to say, Ya Bunayya. He would say, Oh my son, this is the legacy of your forefathers. So don't lose this legacy. Don't forget this legacy. So if we don't study the seerah of the Prophet and the life of the Salaf and the military expeditions and the sacrifices which they made and the battles which they went through, and this is ma'athiru abana, and this is the legacy of our forefathers, then falatudayyuha. Then we're going to lose that legacy. And, and, and we are more in need of knowing this legacy and knowing these narration stories than the Sahaba were, and the children of the Sahaba were. And also, because the seerah of the Prophet, وسلم, no doubt, it softens a person's heart. Because there are two types of knowledge. There is ilmul ahkam and ilmul raqaiq. Ilmul ahkam is knowledge regarding the rulings of Islam. Fiqh hadith, halal haram, wajib mustahab. And then there is ilmul raqaiq. And ilmul raqaiq is that branch of knowledge 
which refines a person's soul and softens a person's heart and makes a person humble and have humility. And not, of course, not that Ilmul Ahkam doesn't do so. But Ibn al Jawzi in Sayyid al Khatir, he mentioned a beautiful point. He said, Ra'aytul ishtighala bil fiqh wa sima' al hadith la yakadu yakfi fi salah al qalb. He said that I consider that a person being, uh, a person studying fiqh and memorizing and narrating hadith. This in of itself is not sufficient to rectify a person's heart. Except that it has to be merged with heart softness. He said, And looking into the biographies and the stories of the righteous Salaf. Why? لأنهم تناولوا مقصود النقل وخرجوا عن صور الأفعال المأمور بها إلى ذوق معانيها والمراد بها. He said because the Salaf when they studied fiqh they lived the effect of fiqh meaning when for example we study the rulings of Psalm and this is allowed and this is not allowed and this breaks your fast and this doesn't break your fast and salah and so on and so forth and the actions of salah. The intended object or objective behind studying salah and psalm and zakah is because it increases taqwa in the heart. It increases khawf and muhabba and iman and yaqeen and tawheed and ta'zim exalting Allah. So when you read the stories of the Salaf, they studied those rulings and then their stories embody the effect of the Ahkam. So whilst we study this is allowed and this is not allowed and, and this is what you have to say and this is what you do, the Salaf after studying this, we read how this affected their lives. And this is why we combine between, for example, fiqh and tawheed and, and, and tafsir and also the stories of the Sahaba. And Az-Zuhari, Shihabuddin Az-Zuhari, he said, Ilmul Maghazi wa Siraya, Ilmul Dunya wal Akhira. That the knowledge of the missions and the expeditions of the Salaf and the Sahaba, this is the knowledge of the Dunya and the Akhira. Because as I mentioned, this is the legacy of our forefathers. And the poet said, They said that our legacies, they define us. So after we have passed away, look to our legacy and preserve our legacy and study our legacy. And this is the seerah of the Prophet wasallam, and then the companions and the salaf who came afterwards. Now, what are the benefits of studying the seerah? And I'm going to summarize as much as I can do so. So there are 10 main benefits that some of the ulama have mentioned with regards to studying the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. First of all, that the Prophet ﷺ, he is our role model. 
the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he's our role model. And he's our role model in aqeedah, in, in ibadah, in akhlaq, in every sphere of our life. And Allah Subhanahu wa called the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam your role model. He said, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Verily, there is for you in the Messenger of Allah a great role model. And how can he be a role model for us if we don't study his seerah? So the first benefit in studying the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ is that through studying his seerah, he truly becomes our role model. The second benefit is that it is the life and the seerah and the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ by which we measure our actions. So whatever agrees to the seerah or the guidance and the actions of the Prophet ﷺ from our actions, they are good and correct and accepted. And whatever conflicts from our actions with the seerah and the life and the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ, then they are incorrect. And we can only know the actions and the life of the Prophet ﷺ through studying his seerah. And it has been mentioned that Sufyan ibn Uyayna, he said, إِنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ هُوَ الْمِيزَانُ الْأَكْبَرِ That the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم, he is the scales by which we weigh up our actions. فَعَلَيْهِ تُعْرَضُ الْأَشْيَاءِ So according to him, the matters are weighed. عَلَى خُلُقِهِ وَسِيرَتِهِ وَهَدِّهِ According to his manners, and his seerah, and his guidance. فَمَا وَافَقَهَا فَهُوَ الْحَقِّ So whatever agrees and conforms to the seerah of the Prophet and his guidance and his manners, then this is correct. وَمَا خَالَفَهَا فَهُوَ الْبَاطِلِ And anything which goes against the seerah of the Prophet وسلم, and his actions and guidance, then this is batil. The third benefit of studying the seerah of the Prophet is that studying his seerah shows us how to understand and implement the Qur'an. Because the life of the Prophet ﷺ, it was a demonstration of how the Qur'an has to be implemented. So there's a difference between understanding the Qur'an and reading the Qur'an and learning the Qur'an and between fiqh al-taqbiq implementing the Qur'an. And who lived upon this earth implementing the Qur'an? The Prophet ﷺ. So he was like a Qur'an which walked amongst the people. And so we will never truly know how to implement the Qur'an if we don't know about the seerah and the guidance and the life and the actions of the Prophet ﷺ. And this is why when Ummul Mu'minin Aisha radiallahu anha, when she was asked, what were the morals and the manners and the ethics of the Prophet ﷺ? She said, That his khuluq, his manners and his traits, they were the Qur'an. Meaning, the life of the Prophet ﷺ, and it was an implementation of the Qur'an. So whatever Allah ordered in the Qur'an, the Prophet ﷺ showed us how to implement. 
And whatever Allah forbade in the Quran, the Prophet showed us how to stay away from. And whatever Allah made halal, the Prophet then implemented and lived. And whatever Allah subhanahu made haram, the Prophet clarified and he implemented. And so only through studying the seerah are we able to truly understand the Quran and how to implement the Quran. And this is why when you look, in, look into the books of tafsir, like for example, tafsir ibn Kathir, almost at every ayah, every other ayah, there is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that he did. And this ayah was revealed because of this, asbabun nuzul. This ayah was revealed because the Prophet ﷺ was in this situation, or he did this, or when this was revealed, then the Prophet ﷺ did this. So reading the seerah, it allows us to understand how to implement the rulings of the Qur'an. The fourth benefit of studying the seerah is no doubt it increases in our love of the Prophet ﷺ. And of course the whole khutbah today was on this topic. So loving a person is based upon how much you know about that person. And when you learn about the Prophet ﷺ, and the struggles and the sacrifices which he made in order for Islam to be brought to you and Tawheed to be brought to you, no doubt this increases in your love of the Prophet ﷺ. Meaning you have to appreciate that this beautiful masjid, Masjid Sunnah, Masjid Mubarak, this is only here because of the sacrifices which the Prophet ﷺ made. Had it not been for those struggles and those sacrifices, we wouldn't be here and there would be none of this. So in reality, we owe everything to the Prophet ﷺ with the tawfiq of Allah And this we will appreciate and realize when we read and learn the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. And also when you learn about the mercy of the Prophet, and how he treated the people and how he gave da'wah to the people, then also this increases you in your love of the Prophet ﷺ. There's a famous story of a companion whose name is Thumamat ibn Uthal, al-Hanafi. Al-Hanafi because he was from Bani Hanifa. He was from the tribe of al-Hanifa. And he was from al-Najd. And the story is long how he was captured by some of the Muslims and he's the companion, some of you will know, who as a non-Muslim, who he was tied against a pillar or to a pillar in Masjid al-Nabawi al-Sharif. And he was imprisoned in al-Masjid al-Nabawi al-Sharif as a non-Muslim for a while. And the story is long. And how the Prophet ﷺ treated him and how he then accepted Islam. And after he accepted Islam, he said, Ya Muhammad, O Muhammad, وَاللَّهِ مَا كَانَ عَلَى وَجْهِ الْأَرْضِ أَبْغَضَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ وَجْهِكَ He said, O oh Muhammad وسلم, there was no face upon this earth which was more hated to me than your face. فَقَدْ أَصْبَحَ وَجْهُكَ أَحَبَّ الْوُجُوهُ إِلَيَّ عَلَى وَجْهِ الْأَرْضِ And now, after I've seen you and how you are, your face is the most beloved face to me upon the face of the earth. And this is how they were. They came as non-Muslims 
hating the Prophet sallallahu There was nobody more despised and more hated to them than the Prophet sallallahu Then seeing him and experiencing his mercy and his compassion and his gentleness, that person was the most hated and despised person to them on the face of the earth. He then became the most beloved and dear person to them upon the face of the earth. And this is what Allah mentioned in the Quran. فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ لِنْتَ لَهُمْ وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظَ الْقَلْبِ لَمْ فَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ Allah said to the Prophet wasallam that had it not been due to the mercy of Allah they bestowed upon you such that you were gentle towards the people otherwise if you had been hard-hearted with them they would have turned away from you. So the Prophet wasallam he embodied this mercy and this love such that his enemies became his greatest supporters. Also from the benefits of studying seerah, no doubt it increases a person's iman. And this is why Allah subhanahu he addresses the Quraysh. He said, He said, Allah says to the Quraysh, and do they not know this person, this messenger, such that they are rejecting him. Meaning that this person, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa who has come to you, is not a stranger. You, Quraysh, you know this person. You know how good he is. So why are you rejecting him? And so this ayah shows that knowing about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is a reason for your heart to become strong and firm upon iman. And also from the benefits of reading the seerah, is that you're able to distinguish between good and bad and Islam and kufr. Because the Prophet ﷺ, through his actions, he taught us goodness and he also taught us what is bad and evil and harmful so we can stay away from it. He taught us Islam and he also taught us kufr so we can stay away from it. And so from the benefits of studying the seerah is not only knowing that which is good, but being able to distinguish between good and between evil. And also in the study of the seerah is we learn how to give da'wah to the people. Because of course the life of the Prophet ﷺ, all of it was calling people to Islam. And as I mentioned, the Prophet ﷺ, he lived in different stages. So he lived under non-Muslims in Mecca during the reign of the Quraysh like we are living. And he carried on giving da'wah to them. And so if we read that part of his life, we learn how we should give da'wah to the non-Muslims. And what should we be calling them to? And then he also lived in Medina under the Muslims or ruling the Muslims as a Muslim state. And so we learn how the Prophet ﷺ was during that time. And also from the benefits of the seerah, that the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ in of itself is the greatest sign of his truthfulness and his prophethood. His life and his man manners and his morals, they are the greatest sign that he was the Prophet of Allah ﷺ. And also from the benefits of studying the seerah, is that no doubt it brings happiness to a person. Because you realize, as we mentioned in the khutbah, that actually it's an honor for us 
that we were chosen to be the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And there are of course many, many other benefits of the seerah. And uh, just before uh, we end, when we're talking about seerah and studying the seerah, we're not only talking about studying those books which are entitled Siratun Nabi, the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because in reality, studying hadith is also the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Studying fiqh is also the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Studying tafsir in the tafsir, as I mentioned, is often the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So all of this is the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. All of Islam is the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Because what is Islam? Allah said and his messenger said and when we say and his messenger said meaning this was the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam but these books which are termed seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam these are books which have summarized for us the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and any the different aspects of his life so in reality everybody's encouraged to attend both lessons this lesson today, every Friday, in which we will go through the details of the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And then also the lesson on Sunday after Maghrib by Sheikh Sajjad, uh, in which he will be teaching the 40 hadith of Al-Imam Al-Nawawi, because those hadith are also the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we suffice with that. Wabillahi tawfiq. Until next week, until next Friday, when we will begin studying the book. As I mentioned, whoever wants to buy a copy of the book, if you leave your name here, and then the masjid will order and you can buy off the masjid.